Hello, welcome to Till Death Do Us podcast, a podcast about marriage, murder, with the Murrays. I'm Michelle Murray. And I'm Matt Murray. And we're here to tell you about murder. Some serious murders. Like some gruesome murders, but also like some marriage advice maybe. But mostly murders. (laughs) I want to hear your marriage advice. I don't really know if I have the marriage (laughs) advice. I feel like maybe collectively we'll have marriage advice. Yeah, you think we're wise? I think so. I think we're pretty wise. Yeah, I feel like we are. Yeah. But like mostly I'm just here for the murder. (laughs) Isn't that why we're all here? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Mm. So what what are we talking about today? So I picked a really good one, I think. Okay. Um, I picked this one because I'm not saying you look like a serial killer, but you might look like this serial killer. I don't believe you. But I have pictures. Okay. And you look just like him. I mean, there are times where maybe I've caught myself in the mirror looking pretty grisly. And you're like, damn, I could kill somebody. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just the length of my beard alone could murder somebody. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, I picked this one also because I actually, in all of the plethora of podcasts that I listen to, which is like a significant amount, I actually have not heard this case before. Um, That's good. Yeah, it was pretty. It was it was pretty cool to stumble upon it. Um, I did, in my research, find some podcasts that have done it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I listened to uh, Martinis and Murder, which is put out by Oxygen, and they actually did a podcast on it, which was pretty cool. And um, ironically, the TV show Snapped did um, an episode on it. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's actually a really good show. Um, but so they have like a spinoff of the regular Snapped called Snapped Killer Couples. Oh. And yeah. So we're getting we're getting two for the price of one. Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and um so they did an episode on this case. Um I think it was like season two, episode ten, in case anyone's interested in watching it. Um shout out. Shout yeah. out. Shout out to Snapped. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. I'm going to tell you all about your doppelganger, (laughs) (laughs) Um, the San Francisco Witch Killers. Okay. So we have James Clifford Carson, born in 1950 to a successful oil executive and a school teacher. He was raised as a nice Jewish boy, um, grew up, went to University of Iowa and got a degree in Chinese philosophy. That's odd. Yeah. Hmm. Especially in the 70s. Yeah, I was going to say, like, then I feel like it's it's even more weird. But could you imagine now if somebody got, like, a degree in Chinese philosophy? Yeah, I don't know. Is it more weird All now? All those boomers would be like, yeah, that useless degree. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what they say about Should have just degrees. been a liberal arts major. <laughs> um, so at the University of Iowa, he met his wife, Lynn. They married in 1970 and had a daughter named Jen a few years later. Mm-hmm. Um, Jen actually did a pretty amazing, like, she's actually been very outspoken um, being a daughter of a serial killer. Um, she did an amazing interview with Crime Watch, it's gonna be uh, difficult. which is, oh, I can't even 
imagine. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. Thinking that your parents, or knowing that your parents, or one of your parents was a serial killer. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, actually, she did the interview for Crime Watch that she did. She did it with Melissa Moore, who was actually the daughter of the Happy Face Killer. Oh, wow. So that was pretty cool to see them in, like, the same room discussing things that, like, they both that Like, their, know their shared experience. Yeah. Jen yeah. actually said that it is more likely to have a parent that was struck by lightning than it is to have a parent that's a serial killer. That's a friggin' weird statistic. Yeah. <laughs> That Wait, was very interesting. Can we, can we rewind a second, though? Yeah. So he didn't have, like, a weird upbringing or anything? He was, like, no, to- was totally, totally normal. normal? Yeah, totally normal. Weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there are some reports online that say that he had a bone disorder and was bedridden for a little bit mm-hmm. and got, like, unnaturally close to his mom. Mm-hmm. But, like, not all of the articles I read confirmed that. Okay. So I honestly don't. Just because I, I really you, don't know about that one. Usually, I mean, in probably both of our experiences listening to and reading about and watching things about yeah. serial killers, there's some kind of something happens. Yeah. Well, and uh, honestly, I think that in his case, I think that he was just like a lonely man who mm-hmm. ended up being manipulated by like a crazy lady. Okay. So. Weird. Is it weird? <laughs> Because I think some ladies... <coughs> did you just cough? I did just cough. You told me the whole time that I can't cough, and I then know, you just coughed. I know. Oh, man. It's a double standard here. Listen. <laughs> so, his daughter. So, yeah. So, his daughter, Jen. Um, so, eventually, um, they moved to Phoenix, where um, James actually struggled to find work. Mm-hmm. So he chose to be a stay-at-home dad slash marijuana dealer. Oh. Yeah. I mean, wow. in the 70s, you are probably making some money. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, Jen actually talks about a instance in preschool where she got in trouble because, um, you know, how kids in preschool, like, pretend to play house and, you she know, they... pretend co- to play drug dealer? She did. Oh, my God. <laughs> she said she got in trouble because she got caught... <laughs> Pretending, like, pretending to roll a joint. But that was, like, her normal. Like, she <laughs> thought that was, like, totally normal. <laughs> I want to be a supermarket attendant. Could you imagine Grayson yeah. coming home from school and being like, Mom, my friend Jen in preschool, she like, showed me how to roll a joint when we were playing kitchen. <laughs> I want to be a drug dealer. <laughs> But so um, eventually James grew very depressed and, you know, that caused a lot of problems in his marriage and eventually it became too much for Lynn and she chose to divorce him in 1977. Mm -hmm. So later that year in 1977 at a house party, James met Susan. Susan was born in 1941 to the daughter of a newspaper executive and she a stay-at-home mom. She had a country club style life. So she was pretty richy rich. Yep. Golf um, and all that. Yeah. yeah Tennis. Okay. Something to note. She's older than he is. Yeah. Nine years. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. uh, pretty significant. Yes. Um, so I wonder if that was like part of the mom thing. Oh, maybe. Right? He like had he mommy wanted, issues. Yeah. Not daddy issues. He had mom issues. Yeah. Like needed like an older woman. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. 
I mean, is nine years like a lot, a lot? I mean, it's not, but I do feel like in in the reverse, right? Like, maybe it wouldn't be weird for a man and a woman. That's very... I know, it's a little sexist. It's very sexist. But I feel like... But I do. I feel like... Uh, it, I feel like either way, it's a little predatory on, well, the, just, on the older person's I side. I just want to say that it's only more normal for a man to be older than the woman That's because true. they mature later. That's true. <laughs> so, so the man might be 10 Listen. years older, but maturity level the same. <laughs> That's 100% true. <laughs> if we're going to get real here. Whatever. <laughs> I don't even care. No, I'm just saying either way, that's like a little creepy predatory on the older person's side. Like 10 years? Yeah. You couldn't have even been in high school together. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's that's a long time. Okay. Yeah. It's a... It's... Because I think... So... If he was born in 50... So he was 27. So 27 and 36... Yeah, that's weird. You don't think so? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's I don't know if it's like that weird. All right, fair enough. Maybe I just think it's weird. Yeah. It's a good thing I'm only 2 years younger. <laughs> so, um yeah, her country country club kind of life. Um she was a very awkward kid though. Um into her teens, she began to have visions. And believed that she was psychic and had ESP. Wow. Okay. You know, the standard. Yeah, right. Teenage girl. But she just, like, didn't move out of it or something? Yeah. <laughs> like, she just kept being weird? She just kept being weird. Eventually, um, she married and had two boys. So, in the mid-70s, they ended up divorced because she grew bored and began to experiment with drugs and to start um, stepping out on her husband. <laughs> is that a term? Yeah. Stepping out? You've never heard that? No. Really? Yeah. I'm stepping out on you. I thought that was like a pretty common term. I, I'm probably I'm probably behind the I'm times. I'm really glad I, I can still teach you stuff. Thanks. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> um, in 1975, she had, um, she had taken mes- mescaline. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? You did. Good. <laughs> And in, um, you know, during her time taking that, she began to have visions of having a different name. So she changed her name mm-hmm. to Suzanne instead of Susan. Wow, that's so, she just, so drastic. She put a Z there instead wow. of an S. Wow. Yeah. Really went for she it She changed thing. her whole identity. Yeah. Just became a whole new person. I'd like to be Matt, but just with the one T. <laughs> <laughs> So at that house party, they were said to have an instant attraction, like mm. um, Jen described it as magnets, you know, coming across a room and just attaching. Um, they had a very unhealthy attachment to each other very quickly. Okay. So James quickly followed Susan's distorted beliefs and led, and Susan, uh, Suzanne led him and they got immersed in the counterculture. So in their many drug-induced states, they began to create their own crazy type of Islamic religion. When you, when you say the counterculture, do you mean the counterculture of the time? Like the hippie... Yeah, 70s, 70s drugs, drugs and, all that. and lots of joint sex and all that crazy... Fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, probably seeing visions of demons and all that fun stuff. Well, a lot of trippy. Since they are called the San Francisco Witch Killers. Oh. Mm. See what they did there? I see. She saw some witches. I see. So, um, Ranker called their religion a macabre bastardization of Islam. Okay. So, they began to believe that Allah himself gave them orders to kill witches. That's. I feel like them following Islam in the 70s is also, like, oddly ahead of their time. Ahead of their time? Yeah. Yeah, like, but I think they just, like, made it up. And it just, like, happened. Like, I think, I feel like maybe like, what in I the mean 70s. Is, what I mean is, like, I don't think that Islamic culture was huge here then. Right. right? There wasn't as much of an Islamic influence then. Well, yeah, but I feel like it, it back then, I mean, it was very taboo. Right, that's so what I, I mean. So I think they kind of... They dug it. For shock value. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Like, I mean... I can't imagine that there was someone who told them about the religion. Yeah. In in a positive light. Right. Like, I think... It's probably some, like, Christian lady told them off. Yeah. I think Suzanne was probably just like, this will get attention. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, So, Suzanne um, actually told James that she felt that his name should be Michael, based on the angel who fought the devil in the Bible. So, uh, Michael changed his name. I mean, James changed his name to Michael. And then they both adopted the last name of Bear. Yeah. I don't really know where that came from. It's very weird. So, it was now Suzanne Bear and Michael Bear. It's a very, it's a way more drastic name change. Oh, yeah. They didn't want to (laughs) just change James and make it James with a Z at the end. (laughs) I'm James. In the summer of 1978, they traveled um, Europe to spread the word of Allah. And um, they considered themselves vegetarian Muslim warriors. Wow. Yes. They felt they had to, um, in, the, in the sake of the country's future, spread the word. I see. About Allah so they wanting were, to kill they, witches. They were thinking that everybody else was like damned unless... They start following this belief. Exactly. Yeah, okay. So they traveled Europe, and um, they actually got married in Stonehenge by moonlight in a pagan ritual. Seems very... What? Yeah. What religion are they following? I don't know. They made it up. Like, so wait, are they hunting witches? Like, is that what they were doing? They are like, if we get married in a pagan ritual, all the witches will be in one place. We kill, (laughs) take them all out. (laughs) They just made all this shit up. Yeah, and okay. it actually wasn't, it wasn't even like a legal ceremony. They were just like, you're my husband now. And <laughs> he was like, you're my wife now. And they were like, boom, married. Imagine if it was that easy. <laughs> it would have been so much cheaper. I know. Like, seriously, marriage license is a pain in the ass. <laughs> Imagine if we were just like standing in a parking lot one day, just like, yeah, we're married now. Yeah. yeah. You're my wife. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how we became boyfriend-girlfriend. I guess that's true. <laughs> so, um, you're my girlfriend now? <laughs> and I was like, um, okay. <laughs> that's not even a lie. It's like actually how that happened. <laughs> so, eventually they ran out of money, obviously, because mm-hmm. they didn't get jobs. Right. And they moved to Hyatt Ashby, which is considered the birthplace of hippie culture oh, wow. in California. 
Um, soon they met Karen Barnes, and she was looking actually for a roommate. And they were like, crazy, we're looking for a house. So she let them move in and um, was considering them as her spiritual advisors until she learned that they were nuts. Okay. And she um, decided to go against, you know, what they were saying. and Big no-no. Yeah. And she just didn't, you know, didn't agree with it and was like, you know, you, you can keep that religion to yourself. Like, I'm not interested. So, of course... Suzanne decided that she was a witch. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clearly. And on March 7th, 1981, uh, scheduled plumbing maintenance was due in their apartment. And the plumber came in and found what looked like a body on the floor. So he didn't even touch it. He was like, this is, I'm not going there. Probably a good call. Yeah. So he yeah. called 911. They came in and they discovered Karen Barnes dead on the floor. She was stabbed 13 times in the face and neck. Holy shit. And her head was bashed in with a cast iron skillet. Holy shit. Did you just laugh at that? (laughs) No, it's way more brutal than I thought it was going to be. Like, the face stabbing is not enough? You need to, like, bash the skull? Well, so... I mean, listen, if we're being honest here, like, (laughs) there's part of this that isn't funny, but, like, it's scary enough that it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Are you an awkward laugher? A little bit. Mm. You know that. (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay well so because of um the way the crime happened so i mean it's it's very unlikely that a person who is not known to you would stab your face and neck like that's a personal that's a personal murder Mm. um she was also because of like the disfigurement like you don't want to see them anymore I think it's just psychology. Hmm. Like it's, I mean, like a a stranger wouldn't stab another stranger in the face. It's very unlikely. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. It's more because that's intimate. Someone's face. No. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's personal. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. So because of, um, you know, some of those, some of that evidence, you know, they could tell that it was somebody that um, knew her. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you know, uh, the police talked to people, you know, the neighbors and, you know, Karen's friends and everything. And they find out that she had had um, uh, roommates mm. and that their names were Suzanne Bear and mm. Michael Bear. So the police go start searching for these people that technically don't actually exist because they fucking made up those names. Right. And, and probably didn't have them actually legally changed no yeah Yeah. much like their marriage right yeah okay and this was the 70s so like i'm sure there was no like signing the lease and putting your name on this apartment and right it was just kind of like yeah whatever yeah just come on and move in there's no record of them so the police couldn't find them and you know it was a cold case for a fairly long time wow well after murdering karen they fled to an abandoned cabin in Oregon for a year where they wrote a manifesto, as all of those crazy people do. Yeah, that's always a good starting point. <laughs> which included a hit list of the witches that they wanted to kill, one of which was Ronald Reagan. Wow. Really going big time there. Yeah. They actually had, like, a description of how they planned to kill him. 
Specifically him or like all of them? Specifically Reagan. What do you, what, what, do you remember what it was? I don't. I I mean, it's not that I don't remember. I just didn't, I couldn't find that information of exactly what like their plan was. I, I wonder, I, now I'm curious. Why? I don't know. That's just weird. Like what why? Well, like how many people did they? Or, do you know how many people were on the hit list? I don't know how many people were it, on it, but it was like significant. Um, there was like a governor that was on it. It was a lot of people in High government profile. in politics. Yeah, okay. And um, TV personality Johnny Carson. Your jump. Yeah, <laughs> he was on there too. Finally, they were like bored in their cabin and decided to move on, and found themselves in a marijuana farm in Northern California, Mm -hmm. where they were known as anarchists who advocated for a revolution and believed that a nuclear apocalypse was imminent. Wow. So they were like preppers. They're like doomsday people. Yeah. Yeah. But didn't physically prep anything. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They just emotionally were like, be ready for this shit. Yeah. Um, so there they met Clark Stevens, who was a very loud alcoholic farmhand that was also, you know, working on the marijuana farm with them. And they clashed heads quite often. Mm -hmm. So after a fight that they had with him, I think you know what's coming. Uh Uh-oh. They, um, one of, one, a part of their religion is to, you can't disrespect someone's wife. So I guess like he fought with Suzanne and Michael was like, yo, Gotta that's murder my you girl, now. you know, it, this can't happen. So they started to fight and Suzanne just kept yelling at Michael, kill him, kill him, kill him. So Michael had a pistol and shot him and the first shot actually backfired because they were very, very old bullets okay which i didn't know bullets expired Hmm. i actually didn't either to be totally honest yeah so the first ones didn't work eventually he did get the gun to work and um he shot clark twice in the head wow to cover it up they decided to burn his body okay and hide his remains in the woods but because of where they hit him they hit him so close to his id that like the police officers knew it was Clark Stevens even, fairly even, quickly. Even with, like, the burnt remains and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was identified fairly, fairly quickly. And I actually don't believe that they were even suspected. Well, nobody even knew, really, that they were there, right? I mean, I'm sure the other people that worked on the farm knew they were there, obviously. Right, but, like, they didn't know that these two people were capable of... Well, so nobody knew about Karen Barnes yet. Right. So I'm sure that when Suzanne and Michael left the farm, they weren't like, oh, man, like, obviously they killed Clark. Right. Like, yeah, they had no idea. Um, so they they were like, we need to leave this. This is nuts. And they were hitchhiking. Three weeks later, they were hitchhiking. And they got picked up. Or January 1983, they were hitchhiking, and they got picked up by John Hillier, Mm. who was, like, a super nice truck driver, just, like, wanted to pick them up and get them to Santa Rosa, I think they were going. And um, I guess in the car ride, you know, Suzanne was in the middle of them, 
and John's leg touched Suzanne's leg. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. And Michael, <laughs> again, was like, that's my girl. And um, John pulled over, and a huge fight ensued. And, um, you know, they started struggling for the gun that Michael had. And, unfortunately, it went off, and John was shot. And during this whole, like, fight that they had, there was a nearby farm stand, and the person at the farm stand saw this fight going on and immediately called 911. So... Fucking finally. Yeah. So, you know, police officers come, and Michael and Suzanne jump in John's truck and flee and try to, you know you know, ditch the cops. Yeah. And unfortunately, it came to the point where they couldn't ditch the cops anymore and decided to drive the truck into a ditch. They were both fine. And eventually, finally, they were apprehended. So they were taken into custody. And all the police officers knew so far, like all they knew, was that Michael shot John. Right. That was it. And Michael... Just kept being like, I don't understand why they're, why you're not bringing all of these charges against us. Like, why aren't you, you know, don't you know that I killed the biggest witch in San Francisco? And these police officers were like, what are you talking about? Oh like, my God. what are you saying? Yeah. And Michael and Suzanne were like, listen, we'll tell you everything, but it has to be at a pre- press conference in front of TV, like... You know, in front of um, Pre- press, cameras, yeah, in like front cameras, of cameras, and on like the news, all that stuff. Yeah, like yeah. you know, we'll tell you everything. And the police officers were like, "Well, if that's the only way you're going to tell us, then sure, we'll do it." Yeah. So they held a press conference and let Michael and Suzanne talk. And what? They, <laughs> I know that would never fly now. Excuse me. Never fly nowadays. Listen, guys, I murdered like a bunch of people. If yeah. you could just let me on TV so that I could talk about it, I think that maybe it would be better. That and I'll tell you everything. Literally what happened. That's crazy. So it's just Michael and Suzanne rambling for hours about, you know, how Allah told them to kill all the witches and how Karen was the biggest witch in San Francisco and how they murdered her and, you know, how Clark, you know, was also a witch and needed to be murdered and he was a demon and he disrespected Suzanne and yeah. That is insane. So they and those people were on themselves. TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine like tuning into the nightly news and seeing that shit in like nineteen seventy. Mm-hmm. So they ended up getting, um, I think, I think they were tried separately for each person, but I believe it ended up being like 25 per murder, 25 years per murder. Um, but (coughs) wow, it was really unprofessional. Yep. <laughs> uh Suzanne <laughs> Suzanne was actually up for parole in 2015 and she was denied. So she is up for parole again in 2030. And Michael is actually up for parole this year. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. But um his daughter Jen and the families of the victims are working very hard to, to keep him in prison. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure that like based on most recent like conversations with him that he has no like no remorse and still believes that like he so he's sent, still they're both still out of yeah their they're both like 
now we're meant to kill all of these witches. Wow, imagine that. Mm. Like, imagine years later, like, after going through the system, right? Like, you've been apprehended. So, what What was it, like, the mid-70s they got picked up? 83. 83, right. So, from then till right now, mm-hmm. they still believe that they're meant to kill a bunch of witches. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to hold on to that. Like, that's a deep psychosis. Yeah. That's insane. And I that thought, is the story of the San Francisco witch killers. I really thought that they were going to die. How? I don't know. I thought somebody was going to kill them or something. Like, I didn't, I especially didn't expect them to still be alive now. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Like someone was going to kill them in self-defense? Or, I don't know, just like, I mean, I guess it's not, but like, for them to have been on this spree in the 70s, and it to be now, just seems so far apart. The 70s is not that long ago. I mean, it's pretty long ago. It's not. <clears throat> 60 years? I'm not doing math. Yeah, me either. <laughs> Fuck that. Well, that was really interesting. Yeah. That's crazy. I can't believe that they got caught like that. That's crazy. Yeah. Like out of nowhere. Well, I I think what's crazy about it all is that literally they screwed themselves. Like right. they it wasn't connected at all. Right. There's no way there's no way I mean, that the, the police could have known that they killed Karen. You you could argue that had they not done that, there's a chance that they could have got off in like a self defense move, right? Where yeah. they could have argued that the truck driver, John. Yep. Uh, you know, was pulling some shit and, you know, he was just fighting back and the gun happened to go off. Yeah. But instead, they probably just wanted the crazy notoriety. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were like, why aren't we talking about all the witches we murdered? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, man. What are you fucking talking about? Yeah. Imagine, like, the investigators walking out of that room. <laughs> like, these fucking, they're fucking crazy. High five. Cold case solved. <laughs> <laughs> we did it, guys. <laughs> Well, that was a very interesting story. Yeah. It's our first our first story, our first episode. Yeah, wow. That's that's bananas. It's, One of many. We have like 62 followers on Instagram. That's a lot, mm-hmm. I guess, for now, for just our first episode. I mean, we technically had those before, before our first, the first episode. episode. That's true. <laughs> Keep following us. So I was trying to come up with... Um, Things we could finish our podcast off with. Okay. And, you know, a lot of the ones I listen to, like uh, My Favorite Murder and Moms and Murder, they always do something at the end that's really cool to kind of, like, pull you out of that, you know, negativity and, and bring some positive vibes. I feel To that. finish off, you know, the murder. Yeah. And um, I decided Got we it. are going to call our segment Toast Time. Toast Time? Yeah, like... Like when someone does a toast at a wedding. We're going with a theme here, babe. There's themes. Okay. Um, I was going to, I thought it was going to be like murder the murder. What? Yeah, because we've got to murder the murder. we got to kill off murder the murder. Murder the murder. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a dad pun. <laughs> um, so, well, I would like to call it toast time. I'm good with that. That's fine. Good. Yeah. It didn't matter. Yeah, I figured. If you weren't. I know. So, um, my toast this week Actually, just happened today when <laughs> I received a letter in the mail from um, from the hospital. Some people, some of our listeners know that I'm trying to get a surgery, and my insurance keeps dicking me around. Yeah, they're being dicks. And um, 
you immediately called and defended me <laughs> to the hospital. And I thought that was pretty great and Aww. a really cool husbandy thing to do. And like, you love me. <laughs> I do. It's true. <laughs> and I thought that was awesome. And I think, um, you know, I would like to toast to you being a really helpful husband. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now say something nice about me. <laughs> <laughs> I we we kind of talked about this before. Like all my nice things are going to be about how you treat Grace. It doesn't even good. it doesn't even have to be about me. Just yeah. what was what's your toast this week? Like what what would you toast to? Oh man. Something positive. Yeah, I know. I wish you had prepped me for this. Is it because I let you play video games before? No. That could be a good toast. I mean, yeah, that was great. My fun. wife told me to play video games. <laughs> so that she could prep for this podcast. <laughs> um, dear Lord, I don't know. I think I would probably toast my dad. Yeah? Yeah, because he's going through uh, a rough time as well, but he uh, he always seems to come through in the clutch for me. And, uh, you know, when the car broke down and everything, I called him to let me use his car to drive around and uh he was totally cool with it yeah you know uh like didn't even hesitate it wasn't even a question in his mind so i'd like to toast my dad cheers cheers cool well happy episode one happy episode one (laughs) do we have like an official sign off do you like uh no well I don't. I mean, obviously, I'm going to say, you know, follow our Instagram at Till Death Do Us Podcast. I will eventually create a Gmail, and I'm sure we'll do... Questions and such. Questions. Yeah. Yeah, you want people to... Or suggestions. Send us questions. Always take suggestions. Always. Yeah. But I don't have an email yet, so like... Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> don't worry. It takes time. We'll get there. Um, But, yes. So, follow us. Yeah. So, just like... Don't murder each other. Yeah. All right. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.